Okay, uh, you guys give Karen uh, Lafferty a warm welcome. You guys know Karen, uh, she's the director of worship uh, uh, music for YWAM here in Santa Fe and uh, has been that for a long time. And uh, Dale, why don't you and Charlotte come on up as, uh, as well? Just want to welcome you at the same time. Let's give them a warm welcome. And uh, Karen's going to share just a little bit about them and their ministry and uh, they're, they're going to share in worship and in the word. Thank you. It's always good to come join you guys here, and I'm so excited to be able to introduce these friends. I've known them quite a few years now. They helped me make a music video a few years ago, and that's one of the ways we got to know each other. They're, uh, they live on the reservation just outside of Page, Arizona, correct? And um, Dale has studied the Bible extensively as well as his own culture so that he could learn how to be native and Christian what that means and what that's supposed to look like. They've done uh, quite a bit of missions. Uh, they went to Australia with me and, and uh, did some awesome work in ministering to the aboriginals there. It's amazing to see how native people can connect with each other so naturally. He was invited by the, um, by the government of Kyrgyzstan, correct? Yeah, by the uh, government because there is a, a bloodline and uh, that they have discovered between uh, the Navajos and uh, some of the people in Kyrgyzstan. And so that was part of it, but of course he went to minister and was working with missionaries there too. Uh, he's also came to India uh, to be part of a, a YWAM cross-cultural worship seminar and gave a very unique perspective uh, as he shared how he worships as a uh, Native American. Uh, he's right now involved with a project with Wycliffe, isn't it? With Wycliffe, which is putting together a Native American Bible, and he's read some of it to us. He read part of the Sermon on the Mount, um, and just just how uh, where they are are creating symbolisms that natives can understand the Word of God better. And he's part of that project right now. Um, he ran was it for president or governor? President of the uh, Navajo tribe. Um, he didn't win it this time. Maybe next time. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but also, he and Charlotte have traveled all throughout their Navajo Nation, just covering the place in prayer. As we know, we fight against principalities and powers. And so they uh, have been doing that for some time. And um, I think uh, most of all, um, they are good friends and they are people who love Jesus. So welcome, Gail and Charlotte Sotsi. Okay. Good morning in Navajo. <laughs> so praise God. Um, again, it's good to be here um, to, you know, just share God's grace and his mercy uh, with, with you. My family, my brother and sisters, we all come from God through Adam and Eve, and here we are. You know, praise God. So we're one blood. As, uh, you know, Paul said in Acts, says, we're all one blood, we all bleed the same, so praise God, and we just give glory to God. Are there any natives in the audience this morning? Maybe three. Two. 
where there are two or more gathered together. <laughs> yep, he is there, so praise God. So we're here. So It's proper protocol whenever we meet another native to introduce ourselves as who we are. And so that's how I introduce myself. And uh, what I said is that um, my clan is the charcoal-colored red streak into the water. My, my father's clan is the uh, bitter water clan. My maternal grandfather is a towering house, and my paternal grandfather is who, who walks around you. And that's the person I am standing before you. And now I'll let my wife uh, introduce herself as well. Good morning. My name is Charlotte. I'm Dale's wife, and I'm the flute holder. Um, I come to you from the Rock Gap people, and I'm born into the uh, Red House people. My grandparents are the Bitter Water people. Um, when we go places, I like to introduce myself as being a relative of Moses. Do you remember when Moses went up into the mountain? The Lord says, I'm going to put you in this rock. And my presence is going to walk by. But you're not going to see me. You can only see back here. Right? So that's the group of people I come from. That's the Rock Gap people. So Moses is a great, 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 a million times great grandfather. <laughs> Praise God. So the song we're going to sing to you is um, called Yahweh. And last night we, we did this, and, or actually, uh, when was it this morning, I believe, we were eating breakfast, and we said, we're going to sing a song called Yahweh. And uh, the person said, well, what is it, or what language is that? He said, it's God's language, it's God's name, so praise God. Uh, it was pretty funny. But, you know, um, you know, we're sharing is, you know, what our culture, what, you know, we're uh, really going back into our culture and, and finding things in there that we could use to worship God. A lot of the songs that we do, the chants that we do, are some of the, we call them vocables, you know, short uh, phrases of words. And a lot of the songs that we sing are yah. Hey, so, you know, the, the word Yahweh is already revealed in, in many of the native cultures across the country. And, um, you know, at one time there was a group of people, uh, native people, that went to Israel to worship at the, uh, the, the Wailing Wall, the Western Wall. And they were singing these songs. They were singing the songs and, and, and worshiping there with the drum and uh, just praising God. And these rabbis, you know, started looking over at these Native Americans and, and they started coming and said, and they said, hey, wait, stop. What songs are you singing? Those words you're singing are our ancient songs and you're singing them today at the wall. They have... God's name in it. So immediately connected, you know, with, with the songs that we sing. But many times, you know, we're told that our culture is bad and you should leave it. But God is telling us, no, it's not. It's good. I gave it to you and I will make you 100% who you are. And so God has give, been giving us our songs back. And so we will share the song with you. 
with our flute, and, um, and uh, we'll sing the song. So it's called Yahweh.
give you all we praise. Give you all we praise. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. So the songs we're doing this morning, they're all uh, original songs, you know, and um, again, uh, I wrote them a few years ago, so, uh, and uh, just God leading us into reclaiming a lot of the culture about, you know, our culture. So the next song we're going to do is the, um, uh, it's a flute song, and this song is uh, uh, called The Night He Was Born. Um, you know, uh, Kyrgyzstan is a Muslim country, and uh, they really, you know, uh, frown on Christians when, when they're in the area. So this song is called The Night He Was Born, and it's based on the Christmas song, um, Silent Night. I'm not going to do all of it. Uh, the whole song is, is more like a Christmas song, but the first part is just giving God uh, uh, glory. And so I sang this. Um, when I went there to do a paper and do a presentation, they found that I was a musician and played flute, and they, they had a huge, um, 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 uh, you know, a concert that they move around at the different uh, cities in, in Kyrgyzstan. So they asked me to join the, uh, the, um, uh, the concerts, so I was able to play in a huge plaza and, uh, you know, another place and then a huge uh, old Russian palace that they had. And so, but, you know, every time I played this, people would come up crying and say, you know, we don't know what it is, but it just seems like it lifts us up in, in the spiritual realm. And I just praise that it is God lifting you up into, into him. And so praise God. So, I, you know, I just uh, want to bless you with this. Praise God.
Great job. Well, um, again, thank you for um, allowing us to be here today. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, um, uh, the board, the deacons, the elders. I'm sure you got deacons and elders. And uh, the congregation, thank you. <clears throat> you know, last night uh, we ministered in, in, in Hamas. And I forgot to do one thing, very, very important thing. And the reason I ask if there were any natives here is I'm an, outs I'm an outsider to this land. And I must ask you properly, the proper protocol is to ask you, can I come to your land to minister to you? Can I come and, and, and share a word with you? So thank you, thank you, praise God. Praise God. This is from the uh, website of the chief organization. I'm sure some of you are familiar with the chief uh, from uh, Phoenix area. Um, uh, the founder's name was uh, Tom Kloss, and now his son is uh, carrying on the work um, here on Kloss. And so the website that they uh, developed, this is from. It says, March of 1975, approximately 100 native Christian leaders came together in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Who knows where Albuquerque is? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, two people, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> to discuss the current efforts of evangelism, discipleship, and church growth through the Christian church among the indigenous peoples of the Western Hemisphere. It was then that Dr. Billy Graham stated, the Native American is a sleeping giant. He is awakening. The original Americans could become the evangelists who will help win America for Christ. Praise God. Do you think America needs God? A little bit ago, Pastor, you know, quoted, um, and I'd forgotten that, you know, the world is in chaos. We've been tumbling downward and downward. Some of you might not think it is, but if you look around spiritually, it is becoming darker. And, and the reason is, Jesus is about to come. And he said, you know, sin will abound in, in, in Matthew before he's coming. We're at that place. And Pastor also, uh, you know, quoted Daniel 9, or, or mentioned Daniel 9. And Carrie mentioned that um, my wife and I, we went across the nation um, praying. Daniel 9 was the basis of our prayer. Because Daniel, at that time, had, um, had, had, uh, had remembered that they were in exile and 70, for 70 years. And they were getting close to the time of the 70 years where they're going to return back to their land. And he remembered, and he went to God in prayer and said, God, we are deceitful people. We are terrible. We are sinners. Your righteousness is the only thing that is good. You're the only faithful God. Daniel went before God and just prayed and interceded for his people. One person went before God. And you know the story. You know, it took 21 days before God's word would come back to him. 
because there was spiritual warfare that the angel encountered. And when he came, he said, Daniel, the moment your words were uttered, they were heard. But the spiritual you know, warfare came and delayed us. But here it is. And so that was the prayer that we prayed for the Navajo Nations, God. We are terrible people. We're sinful people. We're deceitful people. God, forgive us. Forgive us. We went throughout the, the Navajo Nation in, in, in six um, uh, large uh, um, governmental uh, um, agencies and, and chapters, and we just prayed. We did that for a whole year. And, uh, and, and you know, we, we're seeing God respond. We're seeing, you know, some, some fruits of those. And, and we're seeing, you know, uh, revival coming and things, you know, people declaring more and more of who God is. So, you know, God hears the prayers of his people. Even though it's only one person, you may be struggling here, but continue, stay on your knees and pray. God will hear you. So according to the Institute of Native American Studies, an affiliate of the U.S. Center for World Mission, there are now 51 million indigenous peoples in 24 countries of North, Central, and South America including one tribe in the Caribbean. And the Wycliffe Bible Translators publishes a listing of over 1,200 living languages spoken by these peoples. So we're still here. We're still here. So this, again, is a, is a fairly uh, a new um, uh, information. And so I went on the... Um, U.S. Census, you know, to, to find some more information, specifically for America. And these uh, statistics are from November 2, 2015. And so the population of Native Americans in, in America is 5.4 million Native Americans. And that includes American Indians and Alaska Natives. So, you know, it, it, the number of Native Americans in America probably less than 5.4 million because it includes Alaska. And there are 15 states with a thousand or more American Indian Alaska Native residents. And those states include California, Oklahoma, Arizona, Texas, New York, New Mexico, Washington, North Carolina, Florida, Michigan, Alaska, Oregon, Colorado, Pennsylvania, and Minnesota. So those are some of the things that, 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 that we have. And as far as reservations, there are 326 uh, Native American reservations. And total tribes in America, there are 566 total tribes. And so here we are. You know, we talk about, you know, this, the sleeping giant that's going to awaken. But yet the numbers are so small. How many uh, Americans uh, in America? Something like 320 million or somewhere around that, around that number. And of that, you know, 5 million, you know, is a very, very small, small number. I was on the um, school board for many years in the 2000s. And, you know, you go on the uh, uh, Department of Education website. And, you know, I tried to look for uh, statistics on Native Americans on how the achievements are done, how, you know, uh, what, 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 what I could find so I could 
you know, get that information and give, give it to my school district and really hit on Native American uh, education and the student achievement and, and try to raise it. I went on the website, they had the, the white population, the black population, the Hispanic population, and the Asian population. And I said, now what about Native Americans? The box is shown with all these numbers. And then there's a star at the bottom and says Native American numbers are so small that it's insignificant to include in these numbers. So I thought, what does that mean? What does that mean? To be fair to them, they really, they, bro they broke it out way later in the, in the, in the pages down, you know, a little section of you know, Native American achievement and things like that. So we are missing, Native American people are missing among the mainstream America. We're missing. How many Native Americans do you see on the movie screens? You know, widely known. We have some, but they're locally known. How many Native Americans do you see in the, in the you know, Congress and Senate? You know, can you name one? How many Native Americans have these huge chains of businesses? I can't name anybody. I can't name one. Maybe there's one that's uh, 16th or something, you know, that they claim that there's something in their heritage, you know, that they could say I'm Native American. But we are totally missing. So how can we do this? And in 1492, who came and discovered America? <laughs> you guys. <laughs> Christopher Columbus came and we found him. And, uh, and, and you know, from that time on, you know, evangelism came to America. 500 and how many, 24 years now? 1492, about 520 years. There are 5.4 million Native Americans in, in America. And some statistics say that um, those who to proclaim to be Christians are 3 to 5% Christians. You know, my wife and I are part of that 3 to 5%. The two natives here are part of that 3 to 5%. So 524 years, where are the fruits of the labor of the missionaries that came? Where are they? They're not here. They're not singing here. They're not professing God to, 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 the, to the visitors that come. So where are they? Where are they? We are here but we're missing, we're hidden. So how can we do this? You know, I just want to turn to Ephesians 6, 10. You, you're very familiar with this. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. The first thing we need to do is arm ourselves, dress ourselves. Put on the whole armor of God that you will be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Native Americans are still very, very spiritual people. As you can see when you go around, you know, their, their art, their songs, their prayers are very spiritual. 
And, and we're so close in the spirit world, you know, that we're taught when we're little to avoid certain places. You know, you don't want to go there because there are spirits that are there. You don't want to go to this place. You don't want to go on this road because spirits are dwell there. And so we're taught from an early age to avoid certain areas because they know that there, there's things that dwell there. And so we, 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 we don't battle against, you know, people. It's against the spirit world. And so natives are ready. They're ready. They, need, they just need to be clothed, given the weapon, the shield, and go. And they will do the damage <laughs> of the enemy, not the people. So praise God. So, so, so dress in God's armor. But then we see, you know, that uh, there are many, many social issues among the natives. You guys know it. You see it on TV every day, probably. You see it in your streets every day, probably. You know, natives, um, you know, wanting the streets, homeless. So we have hopelessness in our communities. It, it is so hopeless that our young kids, you know, teenagers, you know, committing suicide in, in, in hundreds. We lead the nation in the suicide rate. We struggle with poverty. Just go out to one of the reservations. You will see poverty right in your face. We have trouble with drugs and alcohol. We have trouble with single-family homes, abuse. I could go on and on and on and, 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 and name you all of these. So our struggles really is not against the people. It's against the spiritual things that these things bring. But, you know, just as God's word says, there are fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 19 to 23. In, in verse 22, it says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the fruits of the Spirit that we would like to see in the native community as the giant is awakening. These are the fruits that we need to, to have and to go forth. But did you know that the sinful nature, the flesh, also has fruits? The rotten fruits. <laughs> and these are those, Pastor mentioned some this morning. In Galatians 5, 19, it says, When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. These are the rotten fruits. Sexual immortality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. So, you know, we are dwelling in these fruits. We need to get out of them. We need to get out of them. So, you know, a lot of times I go and, and I remember this phrase, you know, that the sleeping giant is awakening. However, let me, let me give you something here today. This giant is awakening. We are at that time that this giant is awakening. You're probably looking around among the native people and saying, you know, I don't see that. 
but it is awakening. God's spirit is starting to move among the people. The voice of the native is starting to be heard. It may be small, but the voice is growing. It is growing. And, and you're probably aware of um, a situation right now happening in the Dakotas about, you know, the, I'm sure many of us are, you know, thinking, I hope they bring that oil line down so it will boost my economy and my pleasures and my, 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 my status as, you know, a good citizen, all this. You know, that is true. But the people there are struggling for their land to protect the people of America. They're looking out for the generations to come, not to bring pleasure to themselves immediately. Those are good, but we must also look out for the generations. So they're battling these things. They're, 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 the voice is beginning to be heard. So now, how can we awaken this? You know, there, there is a, a movement going forth now, and there's going to be a one, uh, a, a huge prayer gathering that's going to take place in Washington, D.C. in October. And my wife and I are planning to be part of that, where uh, the, the, the natives are going to come together and just pray, lift up God. And the prayer really is not to, not to talk against the people. You know, we, we dealt with... Um, with, um, with our um, uh, disagreements and, and things in our past. We know those things. You know those things. We had disagreements. And to a point where blood was shed. And so everything that we do today is based on that blood that was shed. But we need to continue from here. And we need to start praying that God's people are going to go and bring unity Rather than, you know, separating ourselves. Rather than separating, we are Christians, those are sinners. We need to bring our Christians and infiltrate into the sinners. You guys don't believe it, do you? Wow. What did God say to us? You know, Jesus said, you know, go. What did Jesus do? He went among the sinners. And he ate with the sinners. He did not eat with the Pharisees. You know, he said, those guys have made it already. They're going to heaven. But how about the sinners? How about them? What are they going to do? You know, in Revelation, there's a very, very good picture of, um, of the song, uh, um, um, the song this morning, you know, all nations and tongues. And uh, a worship leader talked about, you know, all nations and tongues being represented in heaven. And they all came to the foot of God, and they were praising God. And then a voice came and said, it's time to open the seal. And he cried out and said, who is worthy to open the seal? And the people looked around, and they cried, and they said, there's nobody worthy to open the seal. None among the many nations and languages that were there. Nobody. They could not find anybody. And then a voice was heard. It said, there is one, the Lamb of God. He can open the seal. Praise God for Jesus. Praise God for Jesus. That he is worthy to open the seals and to open a glory to us.
So, you know, we are Christians. We place ourselves in boxes. We have walls that we put around ourselves. And we only dwell with our kind, our people that are like us, that worship like us, that talk like us. And we put ourselves in a box, but we don't go out. It's a really bad place to be. A really bad place to be. Because the people outside, they're hungry. They're starving. They're dying. They're going to hell. You know, and when you think about hell, you know, sometimes I think about it and say, God, it's, it's no place for So we have to, you know, bring God's grace to these people. And so the many tongues and nations are represented there. But then you, you look around and say, will English be represented there? I'm, I'm sure. Will, you know, Spanish be there? I'm sure. Will Russian, German, Italian, all those languages? I'm sure. But how many native languages will be represented there? The promise is all languages. But it's upon us as vessels of God to go to the people and tell them so their voices would be represented, their language would be represented there in heaven. So pastor talked about this morning, we're, we're in the church, we need to go out. We have to go out. We need to tear these walls down. You know, God really spoke to my wife and I about, you know, we're very comfortable in church. I like worship in church. I play the guitar. I play, you know, uh, we, we, we sing songs and, and we do. I, I so enjoy worship. I so enjoy the message that the pastor brings every week. I mean, I, I like it. I, I love it. I love church to be there to worship God. But I'm very comfortable inside the walls. So God said, you know, you need to lead the church. The people are out there. The people out there are not coming to church. How are they going to hear my word? You need to go among them. So my wife and I, we've been going into the ceremonies. Did you know that Christians are very afraid to go to, let's say, just a temporary powwow? <laughs> a powwow, people are afraid to go there. Uh, people are afraid to go to uh, ceremonies, native ceremonies where there are, you know, things, traditional things being used and, uh, uh, you know, celebration like that. Very, very afraid. Because we are taught that, you know, the old, the old person has died and all things have become new. You've been taken out. And now don't go back into that. But God is saying, my people are there. You need to go among them. So God has called us to go back into the, into our culture and be with our people and to celebrate with them, to tell the people about God there. My wife was, um, you know, we were in a, a ceremony where she was, a, it was a puberty ceremony, where a young girl is becoming of age to be a woman. And my wife was told, you know, asked to, to, to bless the young girl and to do all the traditional elements to bless her in that way. And so, yeah, we said, yeah, you know, God can call us. And so we participated in an all-night ceremony and all the songs being sung and the corn pollen being used and the fire being there 
the water and everything there. Some of you probably cringing and say, what is he talking about? Yeah. But God showed up there. When it was time to bless the young girl, my wife took out the Bible. In this ceremonial setting, Proverbs 31, and blessed her, a young woman, to follow God. And the people were so appreciative of us coming there as Christians. And they say, you know, that, uh, you know what Christians say? They say, go away from us. We don't want you. You're dangerous. You stay over there. We, we're Christians over here. That's what Christianity has done to us. It has put a wall around us. And we're so safe in our own boxes. Our people are perishing. So, as Pastor exhorted you this morning, I would say it's probably bold. Become strong. Put on the armor. Go to the bars. Go to the dances. Share God in those places. You don't believe it, huh? You will win somebody there. A lot of times we ask our friends, can you go to church? We build up real slowly to them and we warm up to them and we finally say, can you come to church with me? And we cower, you know, we say, can you please? We have, we have Sundays, we got cool worshipers. We have young people that play guitar, you know. We sing just like the radio and, you know, and then and, and we, we work up to that. And then, and, then, and then they say, well, I don't know if I want to go there or not. You know, we need to be bold and go to them where they are like Jesus did. You know, Jesus was told, hey, why are you eating with these singers, sinners? Why are you with them? You know, we are like Jesus, aren't we? We're heirs with Jesus, aren't we? What does it mean? We're brothers, the same blood that Jesus is, and yet we are so afraid we're not among them. So, how can this happen? There's a story. Um, you know, I'm working to a point where you will become involved in this native uh, ministry. In Matthew 20, 1 to 7, it talks about the homeowner who hires workers. You know this story very well. It says that, um, Matthew 21 to 7, For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into the vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw that others standing idle in the marketplace and said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. And again, he went out about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle and saith unto them, Why stand ye here all day idle? They said unto him, Because no man hath hired us. The Native American people 
as a giant in America. They are missing in America. They're standing idle. Nobody has come to them to ask them, how should we do this? How should we work? But yet, this is how we approach Native Americans. We see a lot of Native Americans sitting in the audience, and we see a couple of white people or whoever, non-natives, and we want prayer, and we say, we look around and say, who should pray? Brother, the white person, could you pray? The natives are sitting up there and saying, yeah, okay, he's going to pray. Thank you. We don't involve the Native Americans. They're completely missing. They're standing idle. It is time that we come to them and say, why are you idle? They're going to say, nobody has come to us to ask us. We're missing. It is the 11th hour, my brother and sisters. Jesus is about, how many of you believe Jesus is about to come? You know, the restoration of Israel has come. It has, it has blossomed. 1948. You know, before this generation and Jesus is going to come. You know, I don't know if it is now. It could be 300 years from now, or it could be tomorrow. God says, uh, my son, go get my bride. Go get your, your bride and bring him to me. It could happen any time. It is so close. We're at the 11th hour, but yet we are, we are messing around. We're very comfortable. It's good to be comfortable. I, I, I like being comfortable. I like having things, but God is also telling me, you know, go, go, go. I'm sure you've all heard that word, go, among the people and, and, and bring them in. So we need to call the native people to go among the native people. We need to show them, we need to teach them how to do these things, how to go minister among the people. <clears throat> Praise God. Because they know how. They know how to reach the people. Here's another story in Samuel, uh, 1 Samuel 17. This is about uh, David using um, Saul's armor when he was going to fight uh, Goliath. He says, uh, David says, don't worry about this Philistine, you know, Goliath. I'll go fight him. And then Saul says, don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You are only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. So today, the natives are talk, thought about as untrained, uneducated, unwilling, lazy. He's a young person. He doesn't know the skills of war. But let me tell you, Native Americans are young. In this role of the world society that, that has been that we've been injected into. The, the world standards of economy, we know our economy, how we, do, how we deal, we know our education, the political system in our own world. 
but in the new standards of the world, you know, the education, economy, political process, we're not skilled at this. We're young, and that's why we're not called upon, but we learn very quickly. So David persisted, and he said, you know, when things came against me, the lion, the bear, God gave me the strength to overcome this, and I defeated them. When natives in the past, before, you know, the Europeans came, they had challenges, but they overcame when God appeared and allowed them to survive. And that's why we're here. Otherwise, we'd be dead. Columbus would have discovered an empty America if God didn't enter and allow our people to move on. Do you believe that? Yes. yes. So God has intervened many times among the native people, and so here we are. But yet, we're still not unknown. So I'm going to go down a little bit further. And, and Saul, then Saul gave David his own, his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things. You know, he was, a, he, was a, he was a shepherd. He had a sling, and that's what he used. Nothing else. All of a sudden, he's put on this armor, and, and he could, it's so heavy. The sword is heavy, and he's trying to drag it around. And he's going to face Goliath. One swipe, that's all it would take, David, we did. But then David said, I can't go in these. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from the stream and put them in his shepherd bags. Then armed with only the shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistines. Many Native Americans from the time, you know, that the word came to us have become very strong believers in God. And they have carried on that torch among the nations, the Native nations. And many Native Americans went to heaven because of that, and I believe that. Many. But of the five million that remains, only three to five percent are, you know, are, are Christians that are going to go to heaven. The rest are going to go, you know, away from God's glory. So, and then we tell them, okay, we'll make you a pastor. Come here, you know, a native person. We'll make you a pastor. We will stand you up here. We'll, we'll, we'll get you a building, you know, with, with walls, and we'll put pews on it and everything. And we'll give you a, a pulpit, and we'll give you a guitar and a piano, and you guys can worship and, and, and play. And then you will tell your people about God. So here we are and say, I don't know one thing about how to do this. How do I, how do I continue to bring people in, into the fold? How do I do it? We said, we don't know how to do this. Just like David told Saul, I'm not used to this. We're not used to ministering in the way that you minister. Do you, do you, do you understand that? We don't understand the ways. But 
We know how to pray in our language. We know how to sing in our language. We know how to worship in our language. We know how to dance. Dancing the prayers to greater Yahweh. So these are the things that we know. We have skills in these. You've gone to probably powwows and, and dances and singings, and you saw, wow, what skills, you know, whoa, you know. But then you go away and says, I can't, you know, this is dangerous. <laughs> You've all done it, I'm, I'm sure. So I don't know, I don't know if, I, I don't know if this, is, this is God. I don't know. I'm telling you, this is God's way of bringing his people back into the fold. So what are the five stones that David picked up? And what are those five stones that could bring our people back to, to God? I mentioned them. Prayers. Native prayers. Native dances. The songs, the chants. Our instruments. And family. The language, the family. Those five things when the native people start to use those to go among the people, they're going to start winning them. And the giant is arising. It's already happening in Hamas. I'm sure some of you heard the, the group singing in their native language using the drum and in clothes, their own native clothes. They're singing to God and worshiping God. You know, they were, at first, they, were, they said they were Christians. They were outcasts among their own people. But when they heard the, the, the songs in their language with the drum and the traditional dress and everything, people started to turn and say, wow, that is so cool. You know, even though they're worshiping God, we're drawn to that. But yet, when you bring them in this place, they would sit there and say, I wish they would hurry and stop singing so we could go and eat somewhere. You know, that's the thought of, uh, I'm sure that's what you're thinking now. <laughs> But that's pretty much a thought of a Native American. You know, when they, when they come in, you invite them and say, man, I'm bored. You know, I don't know the songs. I don't know. I don't know the words. What do they mean? The king of glory. What does king mean? I don't know concept of what the king is. But if see, creator, creator sets free. Now you can connect. Creator sets free Jesus Christ. So now you're talking the language that will bring the native and turn their heads. Say, wow, you know, they're talking to me. So, what was your role in this? Your role is not to try to make them Christians. I know God said, you know, that, you know, go among the world and make disciples. Is that what he said? A lot of times we put Christianity and then we try to put Christianity as a mole among our brothers, especially the native peoples. And we try to tell them, okay, um, now that you are a Christian and you have come into a walk with Christ, Everything that you've done in your past is totally gone. And now you will get a haircut. You will, you know, trim your nails. <laughs> you, 
you know, take a shower and then, uh, you know, uh, paint your nails if it's a lady and, uh, and then take your jewelry off and leave it at home. Your moccasins, your jewelry, you know, let them, you know, leave them alone. They're no longer part of you. And then come in and put on a nice shirt and a, maybe a three-piece suit or something, you know, and uh, put your, you know, cuff on and, and all these things. And, and then you tell, and then we say, yeah, now you're a Christian. Now you're a Christian, a very good Christian, because your hair is calm and it's in the right place. You're a Christian, a very good Christian. And then he stands there and says, I'm still bored. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I don't know. But support the Native American in their worship. Support them in their prayers. Don't try to change them to be like who we are. Because that is, that's, that's pretty bad. Because, because you will take away their identity. And they will be completely lost. They don't know. And that's what brings so much depression and hopelessness. Even though they know God, it brings condemnation. Because I cannot live up to the standard that I am now put into because it's not God that's judging me. It's the people that's judging me. I'm not dressed. I'm, I don't act like they do. I can't, I, I can't, you know, I, I, I can't do it. And, and Native people, they go back into alcoholism and drugs. And we lose them. And then we say, and then we come back and say, brother, you're backslidden. You're a bad person. Go away. That's the Christianity that who we are. We need to have God's grace, God's mercy. So give them the tools, give them the word. Support them as they minister. You may be shady in some areas and say, is this, is this, is this how it should be? God will reveal the Holy Spirit... You're not going to bring God's word into his heart. It's the Holy Spirit that will bring the word into his heart. I heard a quote the other day by Dr. David Jeremiah. He quoted, uh, I believe it was Martin Luther King or, or somebody. And he said that, uh, you know, when we talk to people about God, we bring God's word to the ear of the person. But it's the Holy Spirit's job to take that word from the ear down into the conscience and to the heart. And so, you know, that's where we are. We need to support and give them the word. And not us change them to our standards and our values. They have values, they have standards. God will reveal himself to them. And he will awaken them and make them move in there. Invite the Native American, invite your, the brothers to come up here to speak to you about God. Allow them to come up here to sing their songs. Support them in that way. What do they need? Let them pray the prayers that they're singing. So praise God. So right now, if I can find my flute, I will... I will, I will pray for you. I will pray for you.
and uh, send you on your way to, to lunch. <laughs> Praise God. The big one. So this is a prayer that I want to send you away with again. And again, I just want to thank you again for inviting us. And, um, and I really hope, uh, you know, you, you, you hear something and the Holy Spirit comes and ministers to you. And, you know, if you don't agree with this, you know, you know check with the Holy Spirit because, you know, I, I just, you know, bring this message to you. And, um, but if it still continues to, to, to be sideways to you, you know, um, I just praise God. <laughs> so praise God anyway. So praise God. So here's a prayer for you. And uh, just bless you. And thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, you know, guys, I, as Dale was sitting, you know, sharing with us this morning, and I just want to, I want to just, I want to do something if this is okay. Um, you know, you will remember a few months ago that uh, this uh, tragic shooting in Orlando, Florida, 
and um, I think the news reporters said it was the, the most tragic shooting in the history of our nation. Um, but uh, you guys have heard the quote that a nation that forgets its past or its history is doomed to repeat it. Uh, Orlando was not the greatest mass, uh, massacre in the history of our nation. Uh, the massacre at Wounded Knee was the greatest massacre in our nation. And there were 150 uh, Native Americans that were killed at Wounded Knee Creek, um, mostly women and children, unarmed. And so, um, you know, I, I think about that. I think about uh, Trail of Tears. So many things, so many promises that were made, so many promises that were broken. And um, we have an opportunity this morning. So I'm going to ask Dale and Charlotte and a couple of the others that raised their hand that said they were Native American. If you, if you guys would just come up, please. And I want to pray for you, and then I'm going to ask you to pray for us, if that's okay. Uh, I know that there were a couple more that said they were Native American, partly Native American here. If you would, if you're still here, if you would, please come up. And uh, I just want to, um, you know, Daniel's prayer was, um, Lord, uh, we want to ask you. Yeah, please come on up. Um, we want to ask you to forgive us and our forefathers for what we've done. Uh, Daniel didn't do anything. I mean, Daniel wasn't a part of that. He was, uh, Daniel was a, uh, as Dale said, he was a young teenage boy when he went into captivity. So he wasn't really a part of his forefathers' sins, but yet he was confessing the sins of his forefathers and, and the sins of his nations. And so just, uh, I would just like to say, to uh, all of you Native Americans, you know, that we just like to ask you to forgive us and, um, you know, forgive our forefathers for what they've done, you know, the way that you were treated, uh, the lies that you were told, the broken promises and broken treaties. And um, we ask you in Jesus' name to forgive us. Uh, we're, we're sorry. We're sorry. And... Um, you know, I, I, um, my heart's broken as I, I think about, um, you know, if you, for those of you that don't know, uh, the, the people of Wounded Knee today, they have the highest suicide rate, highest teenage pregnancy rate, um, highest alcohol and drug abuse rate uh, for such a, a young, a small population of people. And I can't help but think that it's part of the suppression. Uh, you know, they've been suppressed and pushed back, and like Dale was saying, put in a box almost, and um, suppressed and left there wanting, you know, uh, and, and even, you know, just, you know, asking your forgiveness for the way that, you know, that even Christians that, you know, came here that, uh, you, know, you know, tried to make you conform or punishment if you didn't conform uh, to dress like us and to look like us. And, 
You know, and we read this morning and you even quoted this morning uh, scriptures about how that there would be representatives from every tribe and every nation and every culture. And God did not ask us to change cultures. You know, he asked us to change hearts. And, and, and again, only he can change the heart. So we present the word and the Holy Spirit does the, uh, the heart changing. So, you know, again, just on behalf of uh, our congregation, we just ask your forgiveness for the way that, you know, our nation and our leaders have treated you and your people. Amen. All right. You guys agree?